Hi, I'm Siggy, born and raised in St. Catharines, Ontario, and now living in the nation's capital of Ottawa. And I'm Jesse, born in Manila, Philippines, raised in Toronto, Canada, and schooled all over southwestern Ontario. You're listening to the Halo Halo podcast, a delicious mix of pop culture and the Filipino-Canadian life. Before we start our podcast, we'd like to acknowledge the lands we're podcasting on. I'm podcasting from the traditional lands of the Huron-Wendat, the Seneca, and most recently, the Mississaugas of the Credit River. And I'm podcasting from the traditional unceded territory of the Algonquin Anishinaabeg people. On today's podcast, we discuss the Golden Globes 2021. So take it away, Sig. Well, listeners, if you don't know, right now we're recording. It is February 28th at 11.32 p.m. Jesse and I just both watched <laughs> the Golden Globes. I wish we could have made it of a Zoom thing. And mm. we wanted to dive in. It's Moira Rose's favorite season, awards. So we just yes. wanted to get that <laughs> off, Kuya. Oh, my gosh. First of all, listeners, it is really different for us. Usually we are recording on a Thursday night, have things usually planned up for talking, but we decided that we were going to shift things around and that right after the Golden Globes that we would start talking about our impressions and stuff like that. So, Sig, let's just kind of dive right into it. What were some of your impressions on this year's Golden Globes? The first thing I've... Everyone has seen it on social media by many of the stars and actors. HFPA, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, is under fire for representation of the 87 yes. voting members not one of them is black. Yes. Let's just pause and kind of recognize that. Considering where we've been these last couple of years, especially mm-hmm. with the rise of Black Lives Matter movement and representation and lack of representation thereof, right? So, yes. It was going in on that. And that was what I think was like hanging on the head. Aside from the fact we are in COVID times, this is one of the first times, of, I guess, an awards program is on two coasts by the lovely Amy Poehler and Tina Fey. And it's funny. I was wondering... Okay, so this is shrouded in sort of like, okay, time's up for the Hollywood Foreign Press to let's get some representation going. And in the first few minutes, that's what they attacked. Not even attacked. (laughs) Amy and Tina brought it up. This is an issue. What do we need to do? And I wonder, you know, they wrote up the script or whatever for the jokes and all this stuff. I bet you, you know, they're just forthright. Like, this is what's going on. What are we doing about it? And we want to make jokes or we want to bring light that this is an issue. I sort of like that it wasn't shied away from. Well, yes. A, they didn't shy away from it. B, they went right into it. Mm -hmm. C, I wouldn't be surprised if their PR team said, you know, you can't get around this issue without actually addressing Mm -hmm. it head on as we've been talking about here. And then what I really actually appreciated was moments into the actual telecast, the senior leadership of the foreign press was actually on stage explaining that, saying we have some work to do and that we hope that diversity ends up becoming a feature of our membership in terms of the voting block. Now, listeners, what you have to know is is that when you contrast, like, let's say, the Golden Globes to the Oscars, if you don't (laughs) know this, the Oscars, at least there is a chance that if someone is indeed winning a particular award, it's certainly because a good number of people in the industry themselves were actually voting for it. So I think, you know, like depending on the category for the Oscars, you you can have anywhere between three and 5,000 people voting. Yeah. But here you have 87. And if there are four or five candidates, you could technically win something on the margin of like two or three votes and have 18 people vote for you in some ways. Now that is not to take away from the merit of all of this, the G but the it is EGOT, something to yes. think about. <laughs> Yes. 
<laughs> well, but it isn't the G of the EGOT, right? Oh, it's like, the Grammys. It's actually- oh, my God, that's right. Sorry, I apologize. That is a horrible... Oh, my God, I'm embarrassed. But, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's hard. We're not taking away from it, but there's some things that... The Golden Globes is a different type of award show versus it like, really the is Oscar. a different. It's indicative of um, some people of the front runners, but it doesn't solely mean that you're the sure win. And I think we experienced that tonight with some of the wins that happened. Yes, yes, yes. I don't know where you want to start. Like from the first part, like you know. It was great or whatever to see an audience, like a very sparse audience with like first responders. I feel like we were watching Saturday Night Live for a second because they had first responders in the seats of the, you know, usually it's the famous people that are there, right? You know, like I'm so used to watching the Golden Globe. They're in the Beverly Hills Hotel. I'm used to watching the E-Talk red carpet and, you know, seeing crowds and crowds and there was like none of that. But at least they seem to have kind of recreated the hall the best way that they can and that they had similar setups for both the East Coast and the West Coast. So there were times where it was like the actual presenters who were live on stage, it was hard to kind of figure out, are they on the East Coast or on the West oh, Coast? Yeah. But it was really good timing in some ways. And when they would pan out into the audience, it was nice that they had some audience. I remember remember those early days of Saturday Night Live and there was no audience and you didn't know if you should be laughing. I mean, we were all laughing at home to some of the skits, but clearly you feed off the energy of who's in front of you. And it was nice to have that there at the same time. I like the stage production of it. There were some hiccups at the very beginning. I think they figured that out really poor, quickly. Poor Daniel Kaluuya, but at least he got back on and was able to talk after because they, they yes. yeah, I was just like, yes. and you saw Laura Dern's face who was presenting was like, um, okay, uh, sort of nervous. Yes. <laughs> We're having technology problems like the story of 2021 and 2020. Yeah, right? so they were like us on a Zoom call. <laughs> totally, you know, totally. What everyone's facing at In their pandemic jobs. times. <laughs> Yes, if they're being embarrassed, then we don't have to feel embarrassed or don't feel as bad when <laughs> when we can't seem to be connecting technology-wise. What I also liked about it, too, was just kind of seeing the glimpses when they would show the nominee panel as they were headed off to the interstitial commercials, yeah. where clearly they had the five nominees up. They could see each other. They were all saying, hey, 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 yeah, exactly. you know, to, to one another. Or just seeing just the humanity of it all. I really actually just enjoyed seeing, peeking into stars homes and stuff like that although i will say like some of those homes were really gorgeous and beautiful and it was like wow that's a lot of privilege mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of like showing in the background and stuff like or that or just like I don't a know, lot of big bubbles way. right we saw like the goldie hahn kate hudson <laughs> the russell family i was like oh that and and folks kuya and i were like back and forth with text and notes for this episode going wow jesse was like their bubble must be super big and i'm like yeah yes Yes, when we saw the Hudson, the Kate Hudson on Russell family, and you know, and it was very appropriate. Of course, you want to you want to be surrounded by family, but I just thought to myself, that does not look like ten people. That looks like a lot of people, and I thought mm-hmm. that's a huge bubble. And so that's the funniest part on our Google Share doc listeners. I'm like typing, "What a big bubble she has." Sigs is like going, "Um, like." <laughs> I would just write it. Our banter was on top and you and I were just typing and I was just laughing because I'm like, oh my God, we're we're totally bantering. (laughs) You know what though? I like how you said it was sort of cool to see the humanity and stuff. So the gentlemen that were all nominated for dramatic series lead roles, Bob Odenkirk, Jason Bateman, Josh O'Connor, who won for um, The Crown. It was super cute because I thought Bob Odenkirk was like a co-worker. Like he was just like, as if he had a cigarette, hey, how's it going? He'd be like, hey, Bateman, what's up? And Hey, Bateman, yes. Jason Bateman's (laughs) sweet daughter, Maple, was on his lap. 
Like, right. they were just, like, I love that. That was so like, sweet. Oh, hey, how's it going? And it, they were all like, as if they were in a back room going, hey, how's it going? Like they're all having to grab a, a cup of coffee and all yeah. that stuff. And like, I think Sarah Paulson was asking Emma Corrin, who won for, as Diana for the crown, was like, can I see your cat? Because uh, Sarah Paulson's yes. dog was on the screen. She's like, where's That's your right. cat? Where's your cat? Like, let me see your cat. Yeah. Yes, yes, Absolutely. yes. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. I loved, Although I will say she looked deadly serious and deadly nervous. Emma Corrin before she won. Oh, bless her heart though. But, I but think, I'm so glad she did win, right? Like she was just she so, was so overjoyed. Yeah. yeah. I really enjoyed that. The other thing that I loved too was the fact that people brought it. It was like, wow, like, you know, people were actually dressed up to impress except for three people or four people. <laughs> so Jesse writes this in the Google Doc. Wow, I'm really glad the HFPA insisted on a dress code. Everyone seemed dressed up, very dressed up. And then I wrote, did Bill Murray? And then <laughs> Jess, throughout the night, Jess is like, oh wait, Jason Sudeikis? Oh wait, yes. and Jodie Foster. And then I was like, yeah, and Joaquin and- Phoenix. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Then it became a running tab of who wasn't actually dressed. Exactly. But everyone was actually dressed to the nines. I was actually really impressed. Yeah. You know, so. And like the people that stood out to me automatically, like Cynthia Erivo, like Mm, anytime I see yellow, I feel Bridgerton. Like I feel Bridgerton. Yes, yes, yes. Tiffany Haddish was like this glimmering, uh, like sheen and looking good. And Tina Fey, her legs. She's wearing the long blazer. Beautiful. She looked bam awesome. Rosamund Pike's Bob is mm, in line yes, with yes, Jodie yes. Foster's with Jofos. But like you and I both know, when I think Rosamund Pike, what do you think? Do you think Die Another Day, Rosamund Pike? I actually think of Gone Girl. Oh, like Gone that's Girl. really interesting. Yeah. I think of Gone yeah. Girl. You're right. Die Another Day, and Madonna's in there in a, as a cameo. Yeah. yeah, I actually I don't right, think Gone I really Girl. noticed her until then. Mm. I mean, it was like, oh yes, she's in Die Another Day. Mm. So is that what you think right away? I think Die Another Day, Rosamund Pike, because I just I remember because I was like, who's that woman? And they, she didn't seem to get much. And then you know, from further on, but. As for who I think look like, whoa, beyond, I was so distracted by the women. I, I didn't notice the, how, how the men were dressed. Jamie Lee Curtis. Bam. Yes. Oh, bam. my goodness. <laughs> well, did you see how she sleeked she out of that corridor onto the stage? It. She was quite perky. She was quite perky, I might add. But it, that was a gorgeous, gorgeous daffodil, yellow daffodil gown. Beautiful shoulders. Not too strong shoulders, mm-hmm. but there. But And she was having fun. And I did not know she was making another Halloween movie. They're making the trilogy and she's ending it. I really think that they missed out on nominating her. Like a six-year-old right, action actually. movie, horror movie, bringing yeah. it down. Action horror, for sure. Yeah, right? but so. she looked, I was like, Damn, Fish Called Wanda, True Lies, still, like, working it. Like, wow. Oh, I missed her in True Lies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's a great actress. She's totally underrated by Hollywood. I, I, I totally agree with you. And very, like, yeah. just a bright, cool woman. What else, like, sort of struck a chord with you when you were watching? Was there any other wins that you were like, damn, yes. Oh, my God. I just literally yeah. shrieked yeah. when I saw Catherine O'Hara win. Yeah. Michael was like, are do you have like a, a pool or something like that? And I'm like, no, actually, I don't have a pool. But I was just so happy to see her win. It was so fun to see her win. Although what was going on with the background noise? She was doing a bit. Right. So I think that her partner was trying to play her off. Yes, yes, yes. I was yes. like, Catherine like, O'Hara always has it going on. And do you find it weird, like when Shit's Creek won and she won, to hear CBC being acknowledged? 
yes, the Golden Globe I love that forum. in Canada. Yeah, it, like especially when Dan Levy was talking for their win for the series, mm-hmm. it was incredible. It was incredible to hear the CBC and them just talking about like an inclusive community. And I thought, see, like only that story could have been told from Canada. And then so great that yeah. it's loved around the world. It's not like a Canadian story that only stays in Canada. Canadian story that just filters out there and has gotten such a lot of love around the world over. Mm-hmm. I got emotional for two, like yeah, Catherine O'Hara. I found mm-hmm. Chadwick Boseman's posthumous win wonderful. Yes, 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 yes. Like him just, his lovely partner really speaking on his behalf and acknowledging like Viola Davis and, and making the uh, film and really just yes. like giving a voice to people and still mm-hmm. feeling him. And you're just like, it's so raw. Like it, it wasn't so long ago when he passed and it's just no. shocking. No, no, no. No, and and it was just a, you know when she said Viola Davis, yeah, like I could feel myself like become labile, like really become teary at that point, and it was just like, interestingly enough, we saw that last ambassador clip from Spike Lee's son mm-hmm. asking all these kids kind of like you know different questions about movies and the Hollywood Foreign Press and the Golden Globes, and they did not know anything. But when he asked about Chadwick Boseman. You know, and they all said Black Panther, Black Panther, yeah. Black Panther, Black Panther, and stuff like that. And I just turned to Michael and I said, you know, like this, it's incredible because he stood for a lot of meaning in terms of just like what it means to be black and has been no r- substantial black superhero. superhero until he came along and really took it in with a lot of pride and then see him be taken from us right away. It's just so sad that he wouldn't be able to kind of appreciate the moment in corporeal being, depending on your belief system. I'm sure I'm sure he's somewhere understanding that he's being appreciated at this moment in time. So I, agree. I totally agree. The other wins that I was sort of like, okay, this is big. So best director and the best film was Nomadland. So Chloe Jack is very important because obviously you and I are Marvel fans. Not only did she direct that movie and damn, a woman winning, which is long Mm -hmm. overdue. Chloe Zhao is behind the Eternals for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. She's on to big things. So this movie is amazing. God, like fantastic actors for her to win. And and she was so gracious and tipping her hat to Regina King and Emerald Fennell and mm-hmm. the other movie makers. She's on to something big. Like, you're going to hear a lot more from her when November rolls around when the Eternals come out. And then, obviously, Minari winning foreign language film. I have issues of saying it's a foreign film, but I'm like, it's a yes, U.S. story. Just like we did with, like, Aquafina's movie The Farewell, where it's about the people of the United States, about them immigrating here and learning to be here. But again, I'm very happy that they won. And the gentleman that spoke on behalf of the movie was so sweet with his daughter, like in his arms Mm -hmm. and saying why or whatever. So I thought that was like my feel good. Like, yeah, these are great wins. This is amazing. Six, tell our listeners more a little bit about the controversy behind Minari and its classification as a foreign film. Well, to my understanding, and I'm keeping this very simple. When you think of a foreign film, it is made in in a foreign country. And I know the Golden Globes is a Hollywood film. Foreign Press Association. Okay, so I know I've seen Canada pop up and the farewell, but the actual story begins in the United States with a U.S. person. I feel like they almost there was a modification for to calling a foreign language film, right? But really, I just don't see that. I don't understand. Well, this is a story that you know originated in the United States, and yes, it's about the background of a family that speaks a different language, but the stories here in the United States, I don't find it a foreign film. Yes. 
So if you and I were making a film, yes, you know, and it was seventy five percent in Filipino in Tagalog, or Tagalog, yeah. let's say, and it is actually about a Filipino family or a Filipino community in Canada. In Canada and then it got nominated. I mean, perhaps being Canadian, it would be nominated as a Canadian Probably. Like a film, Gemini, yeah. mm-hmm. right? But at the Gemini Awards in Canada, would that not be an actual feature presentation like under the, the typical regular movie feature category, would it not? It probably would be. I think Canada's a bit more woke on it. I just, I don't understand how it falls under that. And even just like simple terms, I'm like, well, this isn't like a foreign film. It, it was, And I loved it because they said, you know, USA. Minari. I'm like, yeah. well, I, I get it. And I know they, they, they pivoted and said foreign language film. Okay, fair enough. But let's go right back to the beginning, like last year when Parasite won and they said, the interpreter used the words of the filmmaker saying, you know, it's only a big obstacle for like four inches of like lettering font to get beyond yes. it to enjoy the film. There's two things that I want to say about that, yeah. right? One is, imagine if you put the subtitles actually, instead at the bottom, at the top Mm -hmm. of the screen, I think you'd find more people watching foreign language films. Yeah. You know, it's the one thing that I want to say. And and the only reason why I've come to that observation is is because I was watching, ironically enough, RuPaul's Drag Race Holland, and I (laughs) actually had the chance to put... I had a chance to actually put the subtitles on top and it was like, it was actually easier to read. So that's one. Two, when you say foreign language, it just reifies this idea of otherness. Like at the end of the day, it's a non-English film. This is an award show for North America or at least for the United States where it is a non-English film. It's not like they haven't had British films win stuff. You know, they're speaking English from an American point of view, an English accent. They're not being nominated for for foreign language. Like... Right? It's, it's a little bit preposterous for, as far as I'm concerned. It's just unfortunate. Then really, if they were saying foreign language, shouldn't they actually say non-English speaking films? You know, like and the I best non-English speaking film is really what they needed to say. It's a bit crazy making for me. I find that, and I'm sure this is going to, we'll probably have this at length at another pop culture podcast with Hello Hello Pop Culture, is that the award show needs to be modified. If we have the Cannes Film Festival, it is like film. It's for acting. I also think or whatever, and we haven't even talked about it, why are men and women separated into categories? Right, right, right. You it's, know, it's so roles, gen- right? gender inclusivity. Yes, that's right. It's how great your acting performance That's was. it. It's not like you have Because I'm a editing. woman or a man, my acting that's things right. can go farther and further, right? Right, because is that part of the merit in terms Being male. of the award? Yeah. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. And oh. so sometimes I've seen some categories for like best female actor, for example, where like three of those women should have won it and there was no one in the male categories that it was like, oh my God, or you're only getting it's it because turn. you've been in the movie busy for, yeah, yeah, it's your turn and stuff like that. And it's like, but there were like two other women in that other category that should have gotten it. So I'm specifically thinking of the year of the hours, right? With Nicole Kidman. You are, yes, you stand the hours, my love. You stand the yeah, hours. Yes, 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 yes. So welcome to award season. But nevertheless, nevertheless, right? Any other favorite parts for you during the award show? Okay, well, this is just 
pop culture wise. Mm-hmm. Yes. It was nice to see some people in pop culture who I felt like I haven't seen in a long time. So like Sean Penn, Christian yes. Slater, Tracy Morgan, uh-huh. who yes, actually has yes. a Ben Stiller, Michelle Pfeiffer, who looked damn hot too, and Jodie Foster. So the best part about Jodie Foster winning, <laughs> not the fact that she wore pajamas with her partner, which was great, right. and that her dog had the same kerchief as her clothes. Her dog's <laughs> name is Siggy. Or Ziggy. Right. I thought it was saying my name. And I still think that counts that my name was said in the Golden Goals. In Your an name awards, is totally in said. In an award speech. Hello. <laughs> That's as close as fame as I will get. Um, I relish it. When you type that into our Google Doc that we were kind of, you know, sharing at the same time, I just about howled. And then she said it. She said, you know, Siggy, right? Yeah, so it was just incredible. I'll take it. And unless Sigourney Weaver wins an award again and they call her Siggy, I don't think I'll hear my name at the Golden Globes in real life. In my <laughs> yes, subconscious, I win is many positive. times. I hope she does then. I hope she does. I have to say this about Michelle Pfeiffer, though. So when she was nominated, did you notice that during the pullout panel, just as they were going to the commercial breaks, all the actresses are saying to each other, oh, good luck and stuff like that. And she says, hold on, everyone. I got to go find my glasses so that I can see who I'm talking to. Oh my god! If you go back to the like the replay, you have you'll see her say like I need my glasses so I know who I'm talking to. I thought that was classic. I loved it. Like that's the humanity that was so fun to kind of see and all the awkwardness that Amy and (laughs) Tina Fey were kind of talking about and saying like that's sometimes some of the nice and funny parts of the Golden Globe. They had that totally bang on. Whether it be like the first technical glitch and then over speaking each other and just like the little banter from like you know Nicole Kidman with their kids and talking. And it was sort of fun. It was like a little bit of behind the scenes. What I found interesting, too, now in the time of the 2021s, there was already memes like in seconds. Yes, right? Like yes. I, when Don Cheadle was telling like Jason Sudeikis to wrap it up and he's ringing <laughs> his finger. Up. I'm like, that's already a thing. And, you know, and apparently I, I'm sure you can get Jason Sudeikis hoodie at a NBC like souvenir store. So <laughs> I'm sure hashtag NBC Golden Globes wear or whatever exactly. it was that Tina Fey had said, or yeah, I think it was Tina Fey. Like, oh, I just have yeah, to say yeah. when I saw Don Cheadle, yeah. it just reminded me of how I sat next to him at the Toronto International Film Festival's international screening. That's right. Of Crash. That's right. Oh my gosh. I was like, I was sitting next to our friend Mo. Her uncle is Paul Haggis and got us tickets, obviously, to go see Crash. And we were we were sitting right next to Don Cheadle. And I was sharing, like, cellular respiration with him. So it was kind of fun to see him on the Golden Globes as well. I will, though, sidebar. Did you not, like, see Tay Diggs, who's way tinier than what he says? Oh, my gosh! Let's talk about that just for a and second. And then I, I have um, one other, like, star moment for you there. But yes. go on. So, yes, In being in a city like Toronto, really lucky to be able to go to events like the Toronto International Film Festival. And when being able to kind of leverage our network to our advantage, we get to sometimes go to these after parties. So we got to go to this after party at the courthouse and we were in the, not only just the VIP section, the VVIP section. (laughs) And so we were like next to financers, you know, looking to finance certain films and stuff like that and meeting certain stars and you know, I looked over and I was like, is that Tay Diggs? And I'm like, oh my God, that's Tay Diggs. Oh my God, that man is no taller than me, which means it's no taller than you, Sid. Oh no, I know. And it was like, like and he had a fedora on, so, so clearly trying height. to make himself 
you know, more than just <laughs> five foot five. So listeners, I'm five foot five. He's like the same height as me. It was crazy. The interesting part too was this is that he was constantly seated on the most highest seat. And when he did walk, he was like practically running to the next place that he was going to sit so that no one could actually see how short he was. So incredible. Like it had just totally surprised me. Totally, totally, totally surprised me. Okay. And then finally that night, you also took a picture with someone who I had a crush on and you sent it to me ah! immediately. You did you meet? <laughs> who did you meet? Was it Rachel Bilson? It was Rachel Bilson. Summer from OC, <laughs> Rachel Bilson, who I, Hardy oh Dixie, my gosh. cute as a button. And I remember you yes, had the picture yes. taken. You're like, Siggy, check your email. I'm sending you a picture. And Rachel Bilson, who was like, you could put her in your pocket. And I wish you did. So you would have taken her to me in Montreal where I was. Oh, my God. You would have <laughs> loved it. So, listeners, being at this awards party it was just so funny. Mo and I got to go to another party. Hi, Mo. <laughs> And we both miss kind of going to those award parties. But anyways, so we got to this award party and there was Summer Bilson. And again, we were in the VVIP area and she was just sitting there, right? Obviously she was promoting a film, but no one was really talking to her. So I just said, I'm just going to ask her for a picture, right? And I said, Miss Bilson really loved you in the OC, really loved you in the movie that you were just in. You know, you know, how'd you feel about it? She told me that it was really great. And it was filmed in Montreal near where I worked. In the neighborhood. That's why I was like, it was the last kiss. I knew it. It was the last kiss. So we just talked about yeah. it. And I said, you know, would you do me a favor? Could I just get like a photograph with you? And this was before selfies became yeah, popular, that's right. if you recall. That's right? right. So we got our little picture. And then it was like, thank you so much. You're so kind. She says, oh, not a problem. And then she got mobbed by a whole bunch of other people that started to ask her for pictures. Because like, as Canadians, we're too polite. We are way too you know? polite. But I just decided, you know, I don't have anything to lose. The worst that she can say to me is no. And then I would be like, fine. You know, I understand. You need your privacy. See you later. So enjoy Toronto. Yes, it was so fun sending you that picture with Rachel Bilson. It was so, so fun. And sometimes too, whenever I used to show my white friends and be like, look, it's me and Rachel Bilson. <laughs> but really, let's be honest, Kuya, you're way more fit than me and you're all like tan. But oh I'm like, my gosh. Like, you look really quickly. It could be you. I'm like, it could be. It could be. Oh my gosh. <laughs> if our friend James is listening to this, maybe we need to do this at some point. This is veering off a little bit off of Golden Globes. But listeners, I also have like uh, a who's who of like MMA fighters oh, from right. the early 2010s and stuff like that. So I've got all these selfies with me and a bunch of MMA fighters. And I know that we've never talked about that on the podcast at some point, maybe in season, season four. four, we'll have to do that. <laughs> but yes, there's been a time listeners that I've had like a bunch of selfies with a bunch of celebrities. And so in any event, hopefully we can start to do that in post pandemic, but yes, coming back, coming back. Yes. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed these award shows and seeing these celebrities. And I too miss kind of seeing all these celebrities like Michelle Pfeiffer. It was interesting to see Sean Penn. Yeah. He looked a little tired. I have to say, he did you think he looked a little tired? He did, but you know what? His hair was controlled. He still looked a little bit cleaned up. And yes, he yes, yes. On charity. I'm like, why would he? I'm like, charity, perfect. That's him. Let yes. him preach. Yeah. Yeah. So throughout the entire awards night for the Golden Globes, they kept promoting Feeding uh, America. Feed America, yeah. I think is what they were doing. So that was really nice considering, yes, this pandemic is hitting everybody hard and that there's been such feud insecurity in a lot of ways. The parts that I always love mm-hmm. is the recognition, mm-hmm. like Cecil B. DeMille Awards and stuff like mm-hmm. that, and the Carol Burnett Award, mm-hmm. you know, which is just a recent award that's been offered. And I just loved Norman Lear. And yes. I can't believe that he's practically 100. Oh, yeah. He's like, what What did they say, 99 yeah, or 98 he, or something like that? There. He's totally up there. And I thought, oh my God, this man looks like he's in his 80s. He looks, he looks pretty good. good if he's close to a century now. And then, you know what really struck a chord in me what? was when 
He, he knew that the award named obviously after his good friend and colleague, mm-hmm. Carol Burnett, but then tugged his ear, yes. right? You know, and I just thought, which listeners, if you don't know, like that's a, now a well-known secret symbol for Carol Burnett saying that like, I, I see you, especially to Norman Lear. And it was just like, oh, love him. And like, as they were kind of reviewing his work, it was like, this was stuff that I remember seeing in my early childhood before 10, you know, yeah. seeing everything from like Good Times to like to all those amazing yeah. shows that all he's had, like All in the Family. Yeah, the Jeffersons. Like, that. like he is a staple. We're from the Gen X. We're Generation X. And the sitcom was evolved by him and him taking sitcoms and talking about things like, God, he talked about abortion. Now, on Maud, he talked about uh, race relations, which don't differ as much. When he brought back those sitcoms and had current stars starring them on ABC, those things still hit home. They are still, still current hit. from the 70s. Yeah. I would say that he very much was the one that was not afraid to jump onto the third rail of American culture, which is like race relations. Yes. And especially when I watch like All in the Family, mm-hmm. it's like that is still chillingly relevant to this day, you know, in terms of some of the humor that he was chasing with respect to kind of like unraveling the atrocities of, of race and racism and bias and stuff like that. So incredible. So it was just nice to see him get recognized. And then like before Michael went to bed he was like I'm waiting for Jane Fonda and then it was just so great to see Jane Fonda and she was incredible her speech was incredible she looked just so so strong so amazing so eloquent I just loved her and then it was just amazing to kind of see her body of work as well so I don't know if you had similar thoughts no Jane Fonda is an excellent speaker she got, and not only did she talk about like current topics, she shouted out so many like movies and films and just with representation in it. She's like, I've watched this. I've watched Ma Rainey. Like she was like near Minari's Nomadland. Like she was naming everything that was going on. And there's a reason why this woman is part of movements, is, is doing rallies, is an ally to people and making those waves from yeah, so long she ago. Was being- jo- Jane Fonda, she works hard and she says that we're here to be engaged. We're here for it now. So let's do something and that's inspiring after so many years yeah she's been arrested so many times standing up for important social issues and stuff like that and that she's not like one of these celebrities who've taken on activism because it might increase their PR and stuff like that. Like she hasn't cared what it's done to her PR. In fact, she's actually stood up for, for what's right. And so, yeah, listeners, I encourage you to like really check out her body of work and actually check out all of her activism in terms of support to various causes that she supported over the decades and stuff like that. Anything else that you loved about the awards this year, the Golden Globes, considering it's so different. It was so so different. different And they didn't really have like, you know how Schitt's Creek had like the Emmy party, which like, occurred at like in Toronto or whatever. It was just really separate. But I think this the involvement, right? It's just a couple years before things go back into quotation marks to a, a normal thing where people can gather. Yes. And the excitement's still there. I think the only thing that uh, this little seedling in my head thinks that, hey, perhaps for season four, I will travel on one of the awards nights and you and I will broadcast or we will tape like live concurrently 
for a little bit. That would be and so I think, amazing. You know, maybe next winter or whatever, I'll, I'll come and visit for a weekend. And the Sunday night, you and I get goodies and we sit and chat. And we roll up a, an episode of Hello Hello Pop Culture sort of live, you know, watching. Because I, I think you guys would probably like just to tune in and to listen to <laughs> us banter so. with some popcorn and, and some laughs. Yeah, that would be so much fun. I hope we were able to do that next year at the same time. Any thoughts from you about the award show? I have to say I was really impressed in terms of how they just were able to put it together. And I just thought, how are you going to do an award show when it's really based on gathering? But they did the best that they could considering, you know, the current social restrictions out there. And it was as flawless as flawless could be, despite the number of hiccups they had along the way. So really appreciated that. And they kept it fast. They kept Mm -hmm. it moving. And it was still nice to see the emotion of people winning, even if they were like having to accept their awards Remotely, uh, you know, at ho- remotely, <laughs> yeah. and at home. The interesting part was, in as much as you and I were doing a running count of who wasn't dressed up, yeah. I think what we should have done was also a running count of who didn't show up on their Zoom call. <laughs> you know, into the Golden Globes because there were very few people that didn't show up. Like e- each year, there's yeah. usually each year there's usually like a good host of people that aren't mm-hmm. kind of showing up because it's an awards party, right? It's more of an awards party as opposed to an awards awards show right. in some ways. You know, but I thought that they had done a pretty good job considering the circumstances. And this is what I think, Sig. Sig, if if things don't return to normal, you know, post-pandemic soon and, you know, another year of this kind of goes by, hopefully it doesn't, we got to find a way to get the Zoom link so we can crash I the wonder, Golden Globes. Like, I want to be one of those normal people and be like, you know, hey, how's it going? I just would like to, you know, read the nominations for Best Supporting yes. Actor. Wouldn't that be great? I would love to say. Uh, yeah. And the nominees for Best Supporting Actor in a TV Series are. Yeah, and just list them out. Just <laughs> I would love rows. to say yeah. that. Yeah. I would love to say that. I think you know what we need to do. We need to get your wife on that. Like, we need to get Emily. I'm sure she'll be able to, like, find us all the details on how we can well, get onto the next Golden Globes <laughs> if it ends up being held again online well i'm so. sure she'd probably want an in on the swag but i'm sure right now her main mission is trying to get a, her main mission right probably now did. after marilyn dennis is trying to get on to kelly clarkson so i'll keep your fingers we'll keep oh our fingers gosh. crossed on that <laughs> i hope she does get on that well if she gets on that then she can surely find a way for us to get onto the golden globes next year if it continues i on agree i agree well Sigs, i think that takes us out for a late night quick debrief from the golden globes this year 2021 so I think you should take us out. Well, it's just like that you've been here. But I would like to do a quick shout out to JMO, Jago, Taco, my great colleagues at work. I won the, the Golden Globes pool and you did it. Ha 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 Even though I didn't watch all the nominees. I love you guys. But anyway, if you want to email us and talk about our podcast or if you have any questions or hey, just chat to us about these Golden Globes or the award seasons itself, email us at holoholopopculture at gmail.com. Rate us and leave a review. We're on all podcast platforms. You can find us on social media twitter our handle is at hollow hollow pop and we're on instagram at hollow hollow pop culture finally we receive editorial feedback from mary beth badian our musical theme is by Chelterring, and we'll see all of you guys again real soon see you soon guys